Hello and welcome to the Friday, August 6, 2021 edition of On Iowa Politics. This week, Mathis and Franken are running and the Trump Presidential Library. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. With me today are Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, James. And Gazette Opinion Editor Todd Dorman. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics wherever you find your podcast. First up this morning, Mathis wants a new house. It seems that every time there has been an election in Iowa, there have been rumors that Democrat Liz Mathis was going to run governor, U.S. Senate, U.S. House, you name it. Earlier this summer, First District Democrats made plans to run advertising to attract a candidate in that race. Much to their delight and relief, Mathis finally said yes and is, and is challenging Representative Ashley Hinson in the 20-county First District, which includes Cedar Rapids, Dubuque, Waterloo, and Marshalltown. As we've talked about before, this pits former co-workers against each other. Mathis was an evening news anchor at KWWL and KCRG, both of which cover most of the First District, and Hinson was a morning anchor at KCRG. So they're both very well known by voters. They both served in the Iowa legislature, both have ties to the business community. Although Hansen hasn't been bashful in her support of some of former President Donald Trump's policies, neither has aligned themselves with those extreme wings of their respective parties. Mathis, for example, endorsed Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar in the Iowa caucuses. So Todd, uh, what's this campaign gonna be about? According to a late July Quinnipiac poll that asked uh, if the election were today, would you want to see the Republican Party or Democratic Party win control of the House of Representatives? Voters were split. 45% said Democratic, 44% said Republican. So basically a toss-up. Um, what will these candidates have to do to appeal to voters in the first? Well, what's it about? It'll be, It'll be about six months longer than we can tolerate <laughs> and it'll be about as expensive as you can imagine and it will be about as nasty as past campaigns and maybe even kicking it up a notch i think we'll you know i'd like to say it's going to be about issues but we've seen in the past that usually doesn't work out so well and i think we're going to see a lot of uh a lot of uh liz mathis and nancy pelosi together on our television screens, pitching, you know, the, the dangerous radical socialism that will destroy America. And, and then maybe we'll see Ashley Henson, you know, with with marauding Trump supporters at the insurrection in, in, in the background that she failed to vote for a, a bipartisan investigation. And so I think they'll try to tie each other to the most controversial and worst elements of their parties, which is pretty standard. Uh, and, you know, the things that Biden, you know, obviously Henson's going to hammer the immigration issue and and say that, you know, uh, Liz Mathis won't secure the border, just like President Biden hasn't secured the border. And and so, yeah, it's I imagine outside groups are going to begin spending, I think, well, you've already got uh, an ad targeting uh, Henson on, uh, what, what's the issue? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. She's uh, taxing millionaires or billionaires. Taxing millionaires. That's right. If, yeah. if you can go Fly to the moon. space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And they'll be, I mean, we're going to see a lot more of that in the outside groups. I mean, you know, Democrats are desperate to, 
to hold the House. It's they've got a narrow majority. This is a, a seat they think they might be able to flip. Uh, Republicans desperately want to grab the majority. They see as this is a, a good hold, and and Henson is sort of a, a a rising name in the in the party. She's you know they're putting out front, putting her out front at these you know Capitol steps press conferences and things, and she's going on Fox News, and so yeah, it's going to be competitive and combative, and so you know buckle buckle up, I guess. I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> you're really looking forward to this, aren't you, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> it's good that you've come back from vacation rested and optimistic. And, 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 uh, <laughs> I've, I, my, my optimism, I, I left it somewhere in 2019, and I can't seem to remember where it is. <laughs> uh, Amy, as Todd said, this is a seat that Democrats think they might be able to flip. I think the term you've used to describe the first district is swingy, yes. um, uh, from Braley to Blum to yeah, <laughs> and politically speaking, that mm-hmm. is. But we've gone from uh, Braley to Blum to Finkenauer to Henson. Uh, voters there supported Barack Obama twice before swinging to Donald Trump twice. Um, and, and again, as Todd mentioned, uh, Henson is sort of a rising star in the Republican Party. Um, D Triple C has said it's going to play offense in an effort to win back this seat, and uh, Republicans wasted no time in going after uh, Mathis uh, for work she did to get a tax break for a project they tied to her husband's uh, business. Given the trend line, um, what will it take for the D Triple C and Mathis to swing the district their way? I think probably. Um you know, exactly what Todd's talking about, right? Like, so tire to the more extreme things um, that she's been voting for and pushing for. Um, I would think COVID's going to be a part of that too, um, especially um, she's, you know, glommed onto the Republican line about um, vaccinations are encouraged and welcome, but don't mandate masks. And if school starts and we start seeing cases rise among kids, if we start, you know, having another bad fall and winter, like we did in 2020 because of the Delta variant breaking through, I think you can easily um, tie that back to past statements, um, you know, that, that Hinson has made along with other Republicans. Now to Hinson's credit, she has all along been saying, get the vaccine. But now that we're hearing this mask advice from the CDC as well, um, she has not obviously wanted that. Um, She's taken the line of governor Reynolds and other Republicans to do that. So that could be an issue as well for Mathis to hit on, but um, if it's going to be another sort of like, and it's already starting to be this, right? So Mathis is being positioned as like the elite, you know, the, the power broker that, that gets money for, you know, who she wants, if that's going to be who it is and it's not, and she's not going to come out with any sort of progressive policies, this is kind of Hinson's race to lose, right? If, unless you, you get a wild card, you know, in the next year, you, you're starting to see like Hinson really, um, Pushing a policy that, you know, did not end up being popular, something else happening down the pipe. Um, but I think at this point, is it going to swing back to Mathis? I think the math right now is saying Henson, it, it's really Henson's race to lose, not that, not that Mathis can't. Um, it's very close in polling, but right now Henson has the edge. Yeah, and both of these people, like I said, are well-known across the district, um, and both um, – you know, are, are good communicators. Um, I think the other wild card, uh, which we, we've talked about before, is redistricting. 
depending on what the first district looks like. Um, exactly. If the first district expand, you know, picks up a couple, you know, rural counties in, in mm -hmm. northern Iowa, it could be much um, more attractive uh, for Hinson. If, on the other hand, they lose some of those rural counties and it's more, uh, you know, Lynn, Blackhawk, Dubuque, um, that favors Mathis. Um, and, and with both of these candidates coming from Lynn County, uh, it, it's going to be, you know, it'll be a real battle here, uh, even more so than we saw um, in 2020 when you had both uh, Finkenauer and Hinson in Lynn County. Um, I would anticipate, if anything, the, the Republican majority legislators are going to give more rural counties, you know, deep red counties to the first district. I wouldn't think that they'd want to make it even more, you know, tilted toward Democrats, obviously, but who knows? Yeah. And that remains to be seen how how many uh, Republican thumbs are put on the scales when it gets down to redistricting and drawing those lines. Uh, legislators tend to worry about themselves first and congressional districts um, after that. But yeah, um, if, if the Iowa redistricting plan goes according <laughs> to uh, uh, you know what's what it's supposed to do. The legislators really won't play a big role, but um, that remains to be seen. Uh, yeah. And if they, they if they don't get the numbers, they won't play. They may not play any role at all. Yeah, exactly. Right. By September first, right? Isn't that the deadline? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and supposedly the Census Bureau is going to release those numbers next week. Um, I'm hearing that. We won't see the legislative lines until maybe October, um, hmm. I, which the the uh, legislative services agency seemed to think they would have uh, lines drawn before then. So I, I don't know what that means in terms of if Republicans are going to re redraw those lines. Um, but that's all very speculative at this point. Yeah. <laughs> On a future edition. On a future edition, exactly. Yes. In the meantime, let's talk about Michael Franken. The retired admiral surprised some people with a second place finish in the race for the Democratic nomination in the U.S. Senate race last year. So it's no surprise that he confirmed this week that he's planning to run again, this time for a shot to face Senator Chuck Grassley. Of course, that is if Chuck Grassley runs again. Um, there was an asterisk uh, next to the confirmation Franken said he's been dealing with a health issue apparently since the 2020 race and will run if he gets a green flag from his doctors. Uh, Todd, that, Franken seemed confident he's healthy enough to run, but that seems an auspicious start uh, for someone who wants to challenge an 87-year-old guy who has been in office almost as long as Franken's been alive and who jogs and does push-ups to answer questions about whether he's fit enough to serve another six years. Um, I also expect that Republicans will hit Franken for announcing uh, that he's running while driving around in Washington, D.C. Um, should we expect uh, more of the same, <laughs> uh, similar to the, the Hinson-Mathis race here? or uh... Well, you know, it, uh, Franken, yeah, the, the, the health issue is, is troubling. I mean, you know, I, anytime someone, you know, is talking about something that may prevent them from running, that sounds kind of serious. So I hope, you know that works out okay. Uh, yeah, announcing on the, while he was driving, I don't know if he was actually driving on the Beltway or 
inside the beltway or I, you know, I, I don't know my Washington DC uh, interstate system very well. Uh, but I, maybe Republicans will even be harder on him for taking a reporter's phone call. I mean, that's, you don't do that. <laughs> and then telling them something. I mean, it's like, yeah. wow, here's, <laughs> it's, it's a, was a pretty amazing moment. He's obviously not your normal politician. Uh, he's a, you know, he's obviously an interesting candidate just because, you know, he's got that military record and he's, you know, he's been in charge of task forces and, and, and different things. He dealt with the Ebola outbreak. Uh, he commanded some, you know, military assets that went into to help with that. Uh, he's he's got some experience in the in the Senate where he was a sort of a military liaison, if that's the correct term for like Senator Ted Kennedy. And he's done some some other, you know, a lot a lot more work than you would expect in in you know Capitol Hill politics for for an admiral. So, uh, and he's not from Des Moines, he's from Northwest Iowa, and he's got a good backstory. So, you know, I think he's an interesting candidate. He's obviously not polished, uh, or else he wouldn't have announced while he was driving around. Uh, He's a little more polished than the time that Art Small ran and, and got some copier paper out of the copier at the back of the Capitol and, and wrote his announcement press release longhand and, and handed it out. So, I mean, he's not that unpolished, but he's, he, he's, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's run once, but I mean, it was a virtual campaign. He didn't, you know, we, we haven't seen him a lot out interacting with audiences and stuff. And, and, and God knows now with the Delta variant, maybe we, maybe we won't get to see it this time. So, uh, It'll it'll be interesting to 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 see how his campaign sort of evolves. Amy, this this sets up quite a contrast to, uh, among the Democratic Senate candidates. We have Dave Moldbauer, uh, um, farmer and rancher from Western Iowa. Frank, in his sixty three, has spent his adult life in the military. Former first district rep Abby Finkenauer is will be thirty three later this year, and her career has been in politics. Um, Iowa Democrats prefer an aggressive progressive who lost her bid for re-election or the seasoned veteran, one of the seasoned veterans. Um, you know, obviously Republicans will try to tie Finkenauer to AOC in the squad. Um, Franken is sort of a policy wonk. What are Democrats going to do here? Oh, and quick point, you missed the fourth candidate in the race. That would be Dr. Glenn Hurst, a member of the Minden City Council, of course. Uh, uh, yes, that's, sorry. <laughs> just, no just offense. Just as much chance as the rest of them, of course. But um, yeah, I, you know, okay, so let's let's set it up from last year when, when he did run for the Senate position, you know, he ended up losing to Teresa Greenfield in a race that people said the DCC really put their thumb on, right? So who's going to say that that's not going to happen with Finkenauer? That could easily happen again with Finkenauer. Um, she's the one that's won the seat before, um, or she, you know, she's the one that's won a seat before. You know, basically, she's she's proven that she can get in there. Um, so I I really don't know. I mean, as much as Democrats have said, please, you know. DCC stay out of this a little bit and let us run our race because it's not really working when you come in. Um, they're still going to come in because they've got all the money and they can help you run the ads and things like that. Um, so their thumb is still going to be in the scale. And I don't know if that works out for Franken. 
Um, it, it depends, though. Like, he's also got populist messages. He told Douglas Burns the other day, you know, that um, he, there's an issue with corporate America lying prey on those less fortunate, and we need to legislate our way to a better future in that regard. So you could easily, you know, tie him then to the squad just as well. Um, possibly it's easier with Abby Finkenauer being a woman, right? But you could um, make a case for Franken being, you know, that out of touch progressive that doesn't listen to Iowa values too. So I think um, it'll be just a different race. Um, it'll be really interesting, I think, you know, to see that dynamic going back and forth. Um, and I I don't know who, who comes out better in that regard. I think, you know, yes, he's got the military background. Um, he's got the Western Iowa chops. But he still finished with 25% of the vote in, in the last Senate race. So I'm not really sure um, what would change necessarily in that short amount of time. Yeah, the early indications seem to be that the, the uh, Chuck Schumer and the DSCC don't, aren't going to get as involved as they were last year uh, in, in the, choosing the candidate. I, I expect outside groups yes. likely will get involved. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they align. Um, uh, you know, you think about like Emily's list, uh, seems like natural that they would back Finkenauer. Um, whether, you know, there are groups out there that will jump on, on Franken's uh, bandwagon and, and Mobauer, I think remain to be seen. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, you know, if you look at the results in Ohio the other night, uh, it was sort of the mainstream candidate one, uh, not the progressive Democrat, um, and, and I don't know if if Iowa, you know, Iowa and Ohio are often mistaken for each other. So, uh, not sure what we'll, what we can extrapolate from that. <laughs> well, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you know if, if Grassley decides to run, which I expect he will. I mean, I don't know that the DSCC will play heavily in this race anyway. Yeah. Uh, because it's not, it makes it a lot less winnable. And, you know, you notice that when yeah. Mathis got into the first district race, she was Im almost immediately endorsed by just about every Democrat in the state of Iowa, whereas, you know, Abby yeah. and Franken, and I mean, I, they, they, you haven't seen a lot of people stepping forward at this point. I think, right. I think Cindy Axney has endorsed. Uh, I've heard that, Abby, yes. Abby Finkenauer or, or plans yeah. to. So, yeah, so I think, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, treating this race a little, little more carefully and, and also, you know, Grassley is a, is a, is a tough out. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of formidable, let's talk about the Donald Trump presidential library. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's interesting that plans for the Obama presidential center center in Chicago are drawing opposition from locals who warn it. The development will encroach on city parkland, create traffic problems, and likely lead to gentrification of their neighborhood uh, that will price them out of their homes. Uh, at the same time, uh, former President Donald Trump is making no plan for a presidential library, perhaps because he believes those people who say he will be reinstated as president perhaps later this month. Um, I think it's supposed to be in August, isn't it, that he's going to be reinstated? I'll have to look at the Constitution. It's the latest prophecy. Yeah, yeah. Um, my thought is that the Trump Library could be housed in a room at Mar-a-Lago, big enough to house a TV, a remote, a phone, a comfortable chair, and a copy of The Art of the Deal to give it that 
authentic library feel. Todd, Amy, thoughts on the on, on the Trump Library? Well, if there if there ever is a Trump Library, it will probably be a a, a gilded Baroque nightmare. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the guy's tastes are <laughs> are something to behold. Uh, but yeah, I imagine the one feature it will have for sure is a really really strong wireless connection so that you can tweet all that's of its right. grandeur yes. over and over again and so that's it, it may be even in, in the shape of a of a of the twitter bird i don't know <laughs> architects architects may get creative i envision a part casino part steakhouse um with <laughs> Um, a gilded statue of the glorious leader in the middle. There you go. There you go. Well, with the fountains. Any... <laughs> yes, we have to have fountains. <laughs> and, and there'll be like a, a buffet. I mean, you know, for casino buffet there, of course. Yes. <laughs> McDonald's hamburgers like you gave to the national champions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what he likes to eat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, if any of that happens, we'll talk about it on a future edition of On Iowa Politics. And for those of you heading out to the State Fair, wear sunscreen, be sure to stay hydrated and report any Marjorie Taylor Greene sightings to podcast at thegazette.com. You can find us on the homepages of the Quad City Times, Sioux City Journal, Muscatine Journal, Mason City Globe Gazette, Waterloo, Cedar Falls Courier, and the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Lojo Russo will take us out. And if you know an Iowa band and musician who should be on our podcast, Send us a sound file and remember to subscribe to On Iowa Politics. For Amy, Todd, and our producer, Stephen, I'm James Lynch. Thanks for listening. Stay well. Down the street beneath the ice flow.